Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, welcome back. Thank you for listening as always. And if you find it in your heart, you're led to share with this ministry, then please don't forget we have a Patreon page on Speak It On. I ran across an article. It's an old article, but one I thought was pretty cool, actually. Um, The article was printed on patheos.com, and it's Reasons to Study at a Seminary. Uh, It's written by a gentleman by the name of Scott McKnight. Uh, by the way, I have no affiliation with that uh, website or the author. Don't even know him. Uh, but I did read the article, and I thought it was actually pretty cool. Made some very interesting points. Uh, I am going to kind of go through some of the things he mentions um, and add a little flavor of my own. Uh, so, first thing he mentions is that there meant you know that that uh, people would continue contend with you today concerning the need for seminary. Now, as someone who has a seminary degree, uh, I would encourage anyone, if they can, to go. Now, going. Physically to the seminary, I think, has changed a bit. Uh, And be rest assured that most seminaries, like most colleges and universities, would rather have you on campus. There's a myriad of reasons, not the least of which is, uh, if your body is on the campus, uh, you get a lot of personal attention. Or more personal attention, let me just say that. Not a lot, but I'm just saying it depends on the school. But, uh, and by that, I also don't mean just by the teachers, but uh, they get a shot at, uh, uh, there's some fees and things and, and opportunities to buy things at the Union Center and, you know, other things uh, to support the seminary. Now, uh, it sounds kind of tacky, I think, but you know, and and I don't mean it to necessarily sound that way, but that is true. Uh, so this list that he has is a list of ten basic reasons uh, to study at a seminary. First one is gift enhancement. Uh, basically, a and he points out that a seminary want will not give you a gift but it will help you kind of locate that gift that you have and learn to develop it uh, now I'm going to go through these real quickly and then I'm going to go back and touch on a few uh, second one is biblical and theological enhancement where you will be required to study the Bible in depth uh, third one is personal pers- personal enhancement uh, where you get uh, 
a lot of the programs now that are at seminary really uh, touch on uh, a discipling aspect where there's an accountability situation where they pair you with an experienced person to grow. And they have you ask a lot of questions of yourself and what you think and what you believe. Uh, Fourth one is dedicated time uh, where, yeah, you know you gotta go. And you got to be, you know, to warm a chair from point A to point B. Uh, Number five, access to specialists. Uh, That being professors who studied and and are real academic. Okay. Six is fellowship with peers. Then theological diversity. Um... where you kind of I think where he's going with this idea is is not everyone thinks the same and one professor may be a little on the relaxed side I don't want to say liberal but on the relaxed side the other one would be a little bit more on the uptight side I don't want to say fundamental but but it could be that way and you can kind of hear both sides of the story kind of help figure out where you're at uh Number eight is languages, and those are some places that specialize, of course, in teaching Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic, which for the Bible is super important. Number nine is the new perspective on Paul is one, where uh, they've really started (laughs) doubling down on the apostle and figuring out, okay, you know, how do we feel about Paul, about his writings, about this, you know, things of that nature. Number ten is who and not just what. He says, when you're done at seminary, you will be someone else. Now, so basically what that means is, you know, you start the program, by the time you end the program, you're going to change you're going to be different. It's going to change you somehow. I'm going to agree with that. But let's go back over this list for a second. I'm just going to throw throw some thoughts in into that. Not negative necessarily, but just some thoughts. Now, gift enhancement, number one. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Gift enhancement. Because the, the situation is that... Uh, different denominations have different lists of gifts. And obviously, if you're from a charismatic or Pentecostal his, you know, kind of situation, uh, they're going to look at a different set of gifts versus the Methodist seminary set of gifts versus the Baptist seminary set of gifts. But what it allows you to do is, again, listen to the different aspects of these gifts and you may even discover for yourself within yourself some gifts that may not be quote unquote uh, written down because I don't know that there's a definitive list now they say there is but each list is a little bit different in different parts of the New Testament 
one thing we know for sure, and if, if you want to say, okay, whoa, 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 you're going off the rails, you know, what do you mean, you know, there's some not written down. Let me, let me, let me phrase it this way. Jesus had them all. If you find yourself doing something that Jesus did, all right, that may be a gift that may not be a hard write down, okay, this is this particular gift. Now, the reason I say that is because you can take all those gifts and all the gifts written down we have written in the New Testament that we've got labeled, you can give them all to Jesus, but then there's more. And Jesus said, look, greater things will you do than me or than I because I'm going to my Father in Heaven. So, yeah. Agree with the gift enhancement. Number two, biblical theological enhancement? Absolutely. Because why? Because when you go to a seminary, that's what you are studying. Now, the... I tend to lean a little harder on the biblical end of it, all right, than the theological end of it. The reason I'm that way is because I feel like the biblical end of it ought to determine the theological end of it. Because the biblical end of it usually, uh, and especially nowadays, especially in certain denominational situations, they take the theology to tell you what the biblical says. And in my humble opinion, that's bass backwards, because the Bible ought to be telling you and supporting what your theology is. There are certain doctrines that are that people hang their hat on one verse and make that a major doctrine. One of which is that. It has to do with divorce and deacons and divorce and, you know, and bishops. For real. So, anyway, I don't want to jump off in that. Now, personal enhancement? Yeah, I'll buy that too. Because, look, seminary, at least for me, um, it's a dedicated thing. It's a conscious thing where you are in your mind, in your brain, in your heart. And you don't have, by the way, I need to throw this in. You don't have to have a, a, a some kind of bot coal from beyond, uh, a, a voice from heaven, tell you you have to go to seminary. A seminary is about study. Bible study is about being a disciple. You can study and fulfill your disciple ship aspect because what is a disciple a disciple is a student what is a seminary seminary is a school so you don't have to have some kind of crazy biblical mandate from somewhere to go to seminary and study so personal enhancement yeah i'll buy that because it'll make you a better disciple or it can let me say that it not always will but it can make you a better disciple uh, no, he says dedicated time. Yeah, I mean the the stuff that you think is important is the stuff that you dedicate time to. Think about how much you you actually study the Bible a day. Think about how much you you actually read the Bible a day. Think about how much literal time you spend 
a day memorizing scripture. So what are we doing? We got books and books and books and books and books. Shorter, smaller, faster. You know, give me this stuff fast. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me give this stuff fast. Come on, give me, give me fast. And that's like trying to jack-in-the-box God. And that's horrific. And the reason it's horrific is you are cheating yourself. Because uh, studying the Bible is not like picking flowers. It's like digging, it's like mining for gold. That's really how it ought to be. Now, is it a little bit of both at times? Yeah, sure is. But here's the thing. It's not all about the flowers. <laughs> you have to dig sweat and pull rock to get gold. And sometimes you think you have something and you don't. And But when you find that nugget, you got it. And it's very valuable. And it's so good. So anyway. Now, access to specialists. Amen. These guys are specialists, or they're supposed to be. Um, quality of these guys, hard to say. Professors, teachers, I've taught at university, and I'm telling you straight up. Academia runs the gambit. Runs the gambit. You can have somebody that just barely got their doctorate degree, or somebody that is at top of their class. You can actually have somebody with a master's degree smarter than somebody with a doctorate degree. It's just, it, it really, really <laughs> depends. But specialists, people who are academics who are digging this stuff, that's the, and, and, and I would hope gifted by God to really dig deep and find these golden pieces to share with people. Now, this is fellowship. The other one, it, next one's fellowship of the, with peers. Now, here's the thing. This is a mixed bag. Because I would encourage somebody to go to seminary, but not necessarily always on campus. You need to, to pray in your heart as to what you really feel like God wants you to do and where you are academically. Because some people cannot do seminary at home. They're not going to bloom and do it. And if they do it, they're going to do it really sloppy. And you have to judge in your own heart where your discipline is. Where your discipline is. Now, I've got a master's from a university where I went, and I warmed the chair, and I ground the work, and I sweated and, and bled. Yeah. And then, I, and then I have the online degree where I ground the work, and I sweated and bled. But the thing is, uh, different different kinds of situation. I did find, in some ways, the uh, degree over the internet much harder because I had to really double down on myself because you don't have anybody expecting you completely, right? They're not taking attendance on your on your little your little pink self. But fellowship with peers. Now, can you do this online in the chats on the on the uh, you know in the in the classroom setting? Yeah, you can do that nowadays. But I'll be very honest. There's something about the personal element when you're face to face and you're interacting. And sometimes you might find somebody that you guys are just you just immediately know you're like minded, and you get off and you you talk 
on your own about stuff. Now, can you do that on a chat room? Sure, you can do that on a chat room. But I gotta say, the physical element makes that so much quicker. I mean, have you ever met somebody and you just talked with them a little bit and just something just clicked and you said, you know, and I'm not talking about romance necessarily. I'm just saying something clicked with somebody and you said, you know, uh, I have a friend who's a music director. Man, I talked to this guy for like five minutes and I, I mean, and immediately I knew this guy's a kindred spirit. I connect with him. And we go to lunch, and, we, and and I love every minute of it. So, the physical element has a lot to do with some of that. Now, the next one is theological diversity. Theological diversity? Yeah. Even, even on campuses that are supposed to be um, kind of all one thought process... Um, some seminaries uh, well if it's a Baptist seminary you think okay it's going to be a Baptist seminary but you might have some people at that Baptist seminary who are a little more on the loose end of the, of the stick you know and by that I mean a little bit more relaxed in their theology N- not necessarily in their discipline but you know or their knowledge but in their approach and then you got other people that are like, no, no, this is the way it is, I'm telling you. This book, this book, this book, this, this book, this book, and, and you, what you say is wrong. So they got it all figured out. All right. It's good to get diversity. Now, I've taken online classes from three different places. Uh, all of them fairly conservative. But one of them had professors from seminaries that were a little more relaxed and I could feel it I could I could tell it wasn't a bad thing but I just kind of you know you just kind of figure out where you are in some ways now here's the big deal languages languages can you get this at a college yes you can can you get it at a seminary absolutely you can is it more or less, you know, what, what kind of, you know, what are you talking about? The thing that I'm, I'm, I emphasize is availability. Um, seminaries, a lot of programs require Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic, you know, maybe even Aramaic. But uh, seminaries uh, that really push the core of those, that's a seminary you, you know, you need to pay attention to, or at least examine real good, because that's a positive thing. That is a very positive thing. But those are one of the few places that you are almost positive. You almost just straight up know, yeah, they're going to have Greek and Hebrew there. The other thing is, uh, now, number nine was the new perspective. This had to do with on Paul and and and, uh, but not just on him. There's there's other thoughts on uh, on Eism and uh, and what you get is a lot of times you'll get a symposium where they'll take a topic and then you'll have a whole lot of professors give their thought process on it. So 
a new perspective. He says the new perspective, and I understand what he's saying, and I don't disagree. But I'm also going to add, from my perspective, you get new perspectives. When you go to a seminary and you, you stay in touch there, you get to hear the new thing that's coming. Because every era, every decade, something new is coming up. And it's really cool to be able to tell, you know, and and say, hey, you know, I never looked at that that way before. Or new archaeology that pulls up, new translation things that pull up. You know, well, what does that mean, you know? So new research. New research. Seeing what the cutting edge of stuff is. That usually comes, hopefully, comes down at the seminary. And if you're going to the seminary, you usually get exposed to that a lot faster than you do online. Because online, you got to be looking for it. At seminary, it's going to be there, maybe in your face, you know. Maybe have bulletin boards and, you know, uh, exhibit in such and such hall, these books, Dead Sea Scrolls or something like that, you know, or new research. Then the last one he mentions is the who and not just the what. Now, what he's talking about is seminary will change you. Yeah, I agree. Now, why is that? It's mainly because of all the other things we just mentioned. You go through a process. Now, here's the caveat. Here's here's the thing I'm going to say. Change you, it will. Change you into what? Into what? Alright. The reason I say that is because of this. Is it... Are you going to be dogmatic at the end of that? Or are you going to be educated? Because if all you are is dogmatized, then you're a robot. And you're going to parrot anything and everything that the seminary you know, taught you. But if you were educated, then you use all the tools they gave you to determine and look and, and use... Oh my goodness, this weird word that comes up in the Bible. Discernment. And with discernment, you learn to uh, let God's Spirit talk to you and let the Bible talk to you the way it was supposed to be. In other words, the Word talks to you. You don't talk to the Word. You don't tell the Word what it is. It tells you what you are. Now, so it can be a good or or it can be a positive or a negative situation. Dogmatics, okay, dogmatism, and being trained in that way can be an advantage, in my opinion, not in seminary. In ministry, I don't necessarily think that's, you know, you know. And, and, and the difference I'm making is 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 that dogmatics normally is one-sided. Education is normally two-sided, where they emphasize one side. All right. 
where they tell you, and they don't make a straw man and say, oh, this is the stupid idea. But basically say, okay, there's people out there that believe this. And there's people out there that believe this. Here's why we believe this. Okay. Dogmatics is when this is the way it is, all the other ones are idiots. That's being dogmatic. Um, a lot of seminaries are that way. Now, like, now, the reason I say dogmatics can be a good thing is because, at least in the U.S., when you go into the military and you go into the Marine Corps, that's dogmatic. They're going to make a killer out of you. They tell you so. They don't make any qualms about it. They tell you exactly what you're going to learn, and they tell and they are eminently good at doing exactly that. They're going to make a blooming soldier out of you, or you're going to leave. One of the two. Um, but if you stick with that program, when you come out the other side, that person is going to be like the next person, going to be like the next person, and they're going to do things very similar every time, the same blooming way. Why? Because that's why the Marine Corps is so good at doing that stuff. And they are exceptionally good at it. Now, that's dogmatics. That's being dogmatic. This is our way, this is, and we don't apologize for it. Okay. However, comma, when you're talking about the Word of God, uh, that cannot be a good thing sometimes. Because it squelches the need to think. It squelches the need to study, to dig, to to use discernment. It squashes that. It squashes free speech and free thinking. And those are two things that God, I honestly believe, absolutely made us on, made us on this earth to do. Free, free thinking, free speech. I may not agree with some dude over here, but by cracky, I think they ought to be able to express their, their thought process. And I ought to be able to express mine. So, with this last one, yeah, you'll, you'll change. Hopefully for the better. I did have pastor tell me a long time ago when I told him I was considering seminary he said look he said Lauren if you're going to seminary LA if you're going to seminary for a spiritual experience you are going to be horribly disappointed you can have one but a lot of times that don't happen he said it's been my experience that you know, he was saying one of the craziest, wildest things he ever saw was registration at, a, at the seminary he went to. He said, but if you're going there for an education in the Bible, then you'll be, you'll be okay. So that's the thing. That's the thing. Now, I think... Uh, in the Old Testament, Moses said, I would that all of Israel was prophets, were prophets, all the people. I'm going to say this. I would that all believers at some point would study 
at a seminary because everyone's a minister. Everyone. And you don't have to spend a billion dollars to do that. And if you can't afford to do an organized program at a seminary, get online. You'd be amazed at how many seminaries offer free classes. Just know what kind of seminary you're studying from. That's the only caveat. You know, just know where where their thought process is. Because if they're so liberal they don't believe the Bible, that's a problem. But if they're so fundamental that, that it's their way, the highway, everybody else is wrong, well, that's a problem too. So with that thought in mind, I want to encourage you to keep on speaking it on. And as always, don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth.